Welcome to Tree Talking Time, where we talk all things tree dogs. From the smallest fights to the largest hounds, drink squirrels to bears and everything in between. And from time to time, we might even run a little fast game. Hey, Jimmy, how are you doing? I'm doing pretty good. How you doing? I'm all right. <laughs> I'm just sitting here. It just got done raining. It, it's get storming back, pretty good get, here. It stormed for about 30 minutes, and uh, then it moved out. It's going to be a fine night. I'm going to go hunting here in this little while. It's supposed to uh, blow over by 9 o'clock here, but I think we'll probably end up seeing a little bit more. Well, I guess you want to talk about some dogs, right? Yep. Well, uh, where you want to get started at? I heard you uh, have a lot of good stories. At least that's what Dale <laughs> told me. I've got a lot of good stories, yeah, I sure do. Some I can tell and some I can't, you know <laughs> what I mean? <laughs> yeah. But uh, I guess we'll start with the, the first, you know. I guess when I was uh, little, you know, uh, my dad, he was a hunter and everything, and uh, he mostly dealt with plots and everything. And uh, my first experience on what you call a bear hunt, I didn't even know I was going bear hunting. And here's how this here's how this played out now. All right. My mom, she worked uh, second shift at a Levi's plant. Daddy worked day shift over here at the Lumen Company. So, uh, you know, he, you know, he's a daddy. He watched me in the evenings and everything. Mm-hmm. Well, it was October, and I was in kindergarten. I, I remember I just started kindergarten. And uh, I don't know, it was about 4 o'clock in the evening. Here come a truck up the driveway, and it was one of Daddy's old hunting buddies, old D.H. Webb. And uh, he goes, Murphy, he goes, there's a bear. Somebody over in Dry Valley had spotted one. He said, let's go turn on it. And uh, Daddy's like, oh, I can't go. I got a little gym tonight. And, uh, anyways, I was like, Daddy, I'll go. I'll go. Please let me go. I'll go. I'll go. Little, little five-year-old kid now. Mm-hmm. So he's kind of reluctant, and D.H. kind of pressured him. He said, we'll take care of him. So that ain't him. They loaded up the dogs, and uh, off we went, you know. So <laughs> anyways, uh, we turned loose, and it's, it's, it's not dark yet, but it's it's getting there, you know. Mm-hmm. So so anyways, uh, 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 D.H. turned his old strike dog loose first, and it went right up through there, and it barked a time or two. And then, you know, I didn't know what was going on, they Turn the rest of the dogs loose, and all I all I knew was going on was a bunch of dog barking and everything, and I had to be real quiet, you know. And yep. Anyways, uh, the bear ended up going. It wasn't. It ended up not being a real long race, but uh, we ended up uh, going around the side of the mountain there, and uh, I would say we was probably three hundred yards from the dogs, mm-hmm. and Daddy he acted like he fell. I didn't know outcome of all this till years later when he told me the reason behind this but he kind of acted like he fell and we just had them old uh uh two cell flashlights you know with d batteries back in them days back in the yeah. early 70s so uh, uh he said jim he goes i want you to stay right here let me have your light he goes i want you to stay right here i want you to stay on this log and i'm like no daddy what are you gonna do he goes we gotta go on over here and get these dogs and he said, I just don't, you just don't need to go. It's real thick and everything going through there. And I'm like, I'm like, Daddy, please don't leave me here. Please don't leave me here. Now, this is a little kid on the side of the mountain with no houses, <laughs> no yeah. nothing now. So, anyways, uh, I start crying and everything. He picks me up and he shakes me and he said, Now, you told me you'd, 
you would do everything I told you to do. He said, I'll be gone and I'll be right back, right back here. I'll never forget watching them like they got dammer and dammer and dammer going around through that. Then a little bit later, I heard a, a big gun blast and I heard something, you know, hit the ground and everything. Sure enough, a little bit later, just a few minutes here, here come dad around there. It's just my dad. Mm-hmm. And, uh, anyways, he came around, he got me and he told me he'd killed a coon. So, anyways, the, the reason behind that was he didn't, you know, I was in kindergarten, they didn't want a little kid going to school. <laughs> telling that they'd went out and shot that bear because I know it wasn't season. You know what I mean? That's years. That's years and years ago. So that, yeah. that's the reason. That's the reason he done that. Yeah. And that's kind of like the way I was brought up. I was always hunting around older people, you know, because yep. you learn more from them and mm-hmm. everything. And uh, some of the men that that uh, I respected more than anything, you know, they're gone. You know, I'm gonna mention their names. Uh, of course, my dad, Murphy Tipton. Robert Tipton, Ray Husky, uh, and and some more, and, and of course uh, Junior Suttles. I have the most respect for Junior Suttles. Mm-hmm. You know, I, I really do. But he he's still alive and everything. But I have a lot of respect for him. Other people for taking me under their wing and helping me out through the years. Yep. But uh, you know, I grew, you know, uh, started out squirrel hunting. My dad's double first cousin which is, uh, I don't know if a lot of people know what that is. That's where two brothers marry two sisters, and then their kids are what they call, that's what the mountain terminology is down here. Yeah. They call them double first cousin. But uh, he had, uh, through the years, two very, very, very good English, or not English, uh, uh, farm shepherds. Yeah, I think he went down to Middle Tennessee and got them from that stunk or scrunk fell or somebody like that. Okay. There's really good squirrel dogs. I mean, really good. Is that and, the uh, guy that used to write um, in Full Cry? Yeah, I think it is. Yeah, yeah. I've heard he used the to name. advertise now. Yeah, yeah. I I think he's dead and gone now. But oh, I'm sure. But anyways, uh, those were some fine squirrel dogs that Robert had. And then, but you know, my favorite was always hunting of a night. Mm-hmm. It didn't matter whether it's coon or bear. It's just the thrill of going of the night. That's when the predators and you know, the dark. You yeah. know what I'm saying? Yep. I just always enjoyed that. But then, uh, uh, the first Stevens Mountain Car ever thing, we'd heard about it. Uh, we'd heard about that man named Junior Suttles. Mm-hmm. Uh, and, uh, anyways, uh, this is somewhere in the late 80s or early 90s. I can't remember. Probably early, very early 90s. He had a, a dog named Speedy. It was a female. And she was an outstanding dog. I mean, she really was. Uh, probably the best one I've ever, ever been in the woods with. Mm-hmm. She just had brains, and uh, uh, we killed all sorts of bears, and Junior especially with that dog. Okay. She's just a good dog. And he, uh, through the years, he had several more really, really good Stevens dogs. Mm-hmm. But the first one, the first one that I ever got that was a puppy and not a, a older dog, was I got from Jim Brewer up in Townsend, and I called him Strut. And, boy, he turned out to be a really, really, really good coon dog. And that's he's really the one that that won my heart over and just uh, made me really like him, Stevens Curtis, you know. Okay. Uh, they're, uh, they're re- their personalities are all different and everything, mm-hmm. but I just really liked them. Uh, they seem to hunt more closer 
Yeah. You know, I don't want to just turn. I live down here in the mountains. I don't to go coon hunting or something. Like I just don't want to turn a dog loose and then it go a mile to, to, to find the coon. You know. Yeah. I hunt. I hunt some smaller patches of woods and stuff. And uh, well, I don't want my. Hang on one second. Let's let's explain where you live. To I mean, we've talked about it because we've talked the other day, but. Uh-huh. For the listeners, you live in southeast Tennessee, and it's, exactly. and it's pretty thick and rough down there. <laughs> yeah, I live right uh the Smoky Mountains, mm-hmm. uh, the big uh, 5,000, 6,000-foot mountains and everything. Yep. And uh, I actually live in a little town called Friendsville, Tennessee, okay. which is about, I guess, about 20 miles southeast of Knoxville. I live, that's where I live, but it's, mm-hmm. the, the terrain is... I mean, you just don't want a high-powered dog like you see in these these competitions and everything that's going to go forever just to find a king. You know what I mean? I want my yeah. dogs to hunt uh, 300 yards, and if he ain't found a track in a few minutes, come back to me. You know, we'll keep, and I do all it's all walk hunting. Mm-hmm. I just don't go somewhere and turn my dog loose and stand there and wait to go to the tree. Yeah, uh, all my hunting is done by walking. Uh, now, the years when I bear hunt. Uh, we do, I take my four wheeler and I got a dog box for it and everything. And, uh, we've, uh, through the years we've had a, a lot of success uh, hunting, hunting up there in Sevier County. Mm-hmm. I'm sure there's all kind of bear up in Sevier County. <laughs> oh yeah. Yeah. I mean, you see them on the news the 90s, all the time. Yeah. Well, back in the nineties, we used to hunt up there off ski mountain before it got all developed like it was. Okay. Uh, you know, I mean, just right there above Gatlinburg. So, I mean, the dogs, a lot of times they'd get get over into the park on us and everything. And yep. back in the day, I can remember not having tracking collars and everything. And, mm-hmm. you know, nowadays I would never even turn my dog loose without a tracking collar on it now. Uh, I think most townsmen are the same. <laughs> you know, uh, I started out with, you know, the old beep, beep, non, you know, directional beep, beep, wildlife material collar, which I still run mm-hmm. when I bear hunt. I still put that on in addition to the GPS, but I was one of the, I guess, of all the people I know down here, when Garmin first come out with that GPS, I think it was uh, a DC-110 or 220 was the call or something like that, but it, the caller actually had like a uh, like a, a harness deal, and the, yep. the antenna actually stood up on the, the back of the shoulders, kind of, you know what I mean? Yeah. I'll never forget. I was going hunting three old men when I Junior was one of them. <laughs> first night I had, first night I had that thing. You know, we turned loose, and uh, anyways, uh, dogs had a bear bait up there. It's in a laurel thicket. It hit, it made it to a laurel thicket, and the dogs was kind of tiptoeing around, you know, in that laurel thicket because it was so thick and everything. Mm-hmm. So they just right above me, and uh, I t- I got my my system out, and I'm standing there and. All of a sudden, old Junior, he looks over at me. He goes, what are you doing? <laughs> I said, I'm looking at my, that done made fun of the the, the system and, yeah. and of course, the antenna on the back and everything. Oh, yeah. He's like, what are you doing? I said, I'm just checking where my dog's at. And he goes, how far, Jimmy? Your, your dog's just right up there on the ridge. Can you not hear it bark? And I said, yes. I'm just learning this system. So I, I turned it off. And anyways, make a long story short, within the next couple of months, uh, he went and got him one of them. <laughs> I bet. <laughs> yeah, he sure did. He sure did. Of course, you know, uh, I had to show him how to use that system and everything. Uh, 
But, you know, it went from making fun of me and giving me down the road and everything to, you know, when we'd be, when we'd have a scattered race or something, we'd be picking up dogs, we'd be driving down the road or something. I'd say, okay, slow down, slow down. My dog's 200 and something yards and it's up here around the curve. Yeah. right on the edge of the road you know mm-hmm. and sure enough we go around the curve and that was and so of course he still had the old wildlife the only mm-hmm. thing he's running and he was getting all them fake readings and everything <laughs> the, the signal bounce off the mountain and all that stuff and uh like i said he ended up going getting one i just thought that was a, yep. a funny deal like that you know see i got into this right around the time that they came out or right after they came out and um so i never ran any sort of beep beeps and the only time i've ever hunted with anybody that that was all they had was i was in college and i was hunting with a friend of mine his cousin and we were hunting he had pair walkers hunting southeast uh ohio so i mean it's rolling hills starting to get kind of foothills of you know the mountains and uh they got in some holler and and that thing was bounce signal was bouncing all over we were driving all over trying to find them dogs and finally he uh-huh. took us back to the house and he's like he goes, it's going to be a long walk, boys. So he's like, I won't make you guys do it with me because he's like, I'm pretty sure I know where they're at. And he's like, it's going to be a while. So he dropped us off and he he went walking down the one holler, I guess. He, he's like, there's only one place they can be now because we, we went That's everywhere right. else. You eliminate places, yeah. <laughs> and I was just like, who in the right mind would run this, especially when you have GPS now? Now I do understand why people run them as backups, but exactly <laughs> at that point I was like, "This is stupid." Right, the battery on them collars just you know when mm-hmm. there's a big difference in two thousand hours and uh, what's it up now? I think uh, Garmin's got that new collar out now. It's what seventy two hours or something, I believe. I forget what it is, but it's and, it's a lot more than what it was. And from what the guys that are testing them are saying. Whatever Garmin is saying they are is, you know, fairly conservative. They, they've they kind of pushed them, and they've lasted pretty long. Right. That's what, that's what I've heard. I actually know somebody's got one, and he was telling me, he said, man, he goes, I know it went 96 hours. Mm-hmm. What he was telling me, I was like, wow, it's hard for me to believe. I don't know, but but uh, how, how times have changed. I've got a, one of those new Dogs for Pathfinder 2 systems also. Mm-hmm. Uh, I've been playing around with a little bit. But, uh, I've talked to some people that really like them. I have never used one. I, the the jury's still out for me. You know, uh, the battery length mm-hmm. or life is not near up to what the Garmin's is. Okay. But uh, I really like it. The, the screen and the graphics on your phone, it just, oh, man, it's really nice. Yeah. I don't know. Uh, I've not really tested it. I think I've been three or four times with it. And I'm, I'm going hunting here in just a little bit. Uh, but I, I, I'm taking my Garmin tonight. Yeah. Now, the one guy that I was but, talking to, the first time I've, I've ever seen, well, first and only time I've ever actually hunted with somebody that had one, and uh, it was at a competition hunt, and he's like, yeah, I just go in, I download maps for the area, you know, just right. kind of around the area that, that I'm going to be hunting, so that way I have maps. If you and, don't have cell service, yeah, you've got, you've got it, yeah. Uh, and uh, you don't have to hook it up to the uh, computer to do an upgrade on it. You just mm-hmm. do it on your phone. Yeah. Uh, yeah. I don't know, he spoke a... very highly of it. I I had never used one, so I didn't know. Right, right. But uh, I sure like the Stevens little cars. I've I've had them for what twenty eight years or something like that now. Okay. Dale said you were 
you were a hard hunter and you'd had them for a long yeah. time. And and for everyone yeah. listening, Dale is the president of the Stevens Breeders Association, and he is the one that hooked me up here with Jimmy. Right, right, Dale. It, he's it, a good guy. He sounds like a super great guy. Like uh, we had a great conversation, and we're gonna try and get oh, some yeah. more Stevens people on here because he knows everybody. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, Dale, he does. He he's got the personality and everything to be the president. You know, he's a he's a good guy. I mean, I have nothing bad to say about him. I mean, he's a friend. I mean, mm-hmm. I talk to him probably about once a week on the phone. Sometimes oh. sometimes we don't even talk about dogs or none of the club business or nothing like that. We just talk about stuff in general. You know. Okay. Are you uh, any sort of officer or of the Stevens Bridge Association? I'm actually the vice president. Okay. Yeah, let's go that. around, yeah. Yeah, I'm actually the vice president. I was, they elected me last year. Very nice. So I remember the first time I went to a Stevens hunt was in the, the mid-90s, and I didn't even have a Stevens dog at that point. Okay. But I went with some of the people up to uh, Owensboro, up there when they used to have the, the file hunt up there. Okay. And uh, like I said... When I got my first one, and it started really turning it on, I liked the way it hunted and everything. And since then, I've had many of them, you know. Mm-hmm. Uh, there for a while, uh, well, it's been about, I don't know, about four years, four and a half years, five years ago, something like that. I come up with my, my first health scare I'd ever had, which it, it turned out being a scare. But during this time, uh, I kind of got sad and depressed and everything. And I was actually going to to get out of the the dog business mm-hmm. you know I, I was down to just two dogs and i was actually going to get out of it and then i went to the doctor uh for like the fifth or sixth time anyways it turned out to be a, a false flag you know so mm-hmm. i started feeling a little bit better and everything and, but i still i wasn't gonna i wasn't gonna get back into it and then just one night i was in bed it was about nine o'clock phone rung and i picked it up and it was a man from South Carolina named Sam DuBose. I'd never talked to him, never met him before. Uh, you know, his, he told me, he goes, Jimmy, he goes, uh, I'm not going to beat around the bush. He goes, I've got a litter of puppies out here. And he goes, uh, uh, your name's on, on, you know, on the sire and uh, the dame, you know, mm-hmm. on the in their pedigree on both sides. He said, "Would you be interested in one?" And I told him, "I said, no, nah, Sam, I'm a, I'm I'm going to get out of it and everything." Anyways, I talked to him a bit longer and I hung the phone up. And then, heck, I couldn't sleep that night. <laughs> I tossed yeah. and turned, and I swear to you, the next morning on my seven o'clock break, at the next morning, I called him up and got him out of bed. Said, "Sam, you still got them? You ain't you still got one of them puppies?" And he he said, <laughs> "Yeah, I do." And I said. Well, I'm going to buy it from me. I said, uh, let me go look at the vacation calendar, and I'll figure out when I can get a day off, and I'll drive over and pick it up. And that turned out, this turned out to be Clyde, and I really like him. Uh, He's still a young dog. He's, like, just turned three, I believe. Okay. And uh, so I'm back into it. And then not long after that, Dale called me up. I'd never spoke to him. And he was like, Jimmy said, you don't think about Joining back up with the club, said, we need some people in here hunting that, that are hunters, you know? Yeah. And so I did, and uh, I guess that's the best thing ever happened to me, you know? 
There you go. They always say God works in mysterious ways, <laughs> and that was a mysterious way, you know? Because yep. I was content. I really was. I thought I was content. But I got back into it. But uh, it's been a good long haul, you know? Uh, mm-hmm. uh, as far as the big game hunting with the Stevens dogs, back in the, the, the late 90s and early 2000s, there was all sorts of people around here that had, there was three or four bunches that that's all they ran was Stevens. Really? And then, yes. And then there was, uh, other people, you know, just had them mixed in their pack, you know? Mm-hmm. And, uh, what it was, we, there was a, apparently Jim Stevens, uh, had a, had a male dog that his, his name was Rowdy. And that dog sold out some tree dogs. And that was the line of dogs, or, you know, the, the strain of the Stevens dogs that we really liked okay. was the rowdy bred dogs. It seemed like uh, when he bred it to Mandy Joe and then he, uh, to Cricket, I believe it was. I believe, uh, I'm pretty sure that Speedy was out of uh, Rowdy and Cricket. And I think the Brewers had, had Wendy. I think Junior went up there and ended up getting a whole litter from Jim Stevens oh, out wow. of Rowdy. And I, yeah. And I think that's where uh, they got the Wendy dog from. And I'm not sure, but I'm pretty sure. Okay. And I think Hooch might have been in that, that mix. But I tell you what, when Junior had that Hooch and Speedy, oh, my gosh, that was a strong pack of dogs. Mm-hmm. Them two dogs there could fly. They could move a track, buddy. You know, I mean, just uh, it's like this, you know. uh you got a, a skinny man that's in shape and a fat man. Who's going to get to the top of the mountain first? Skinny guy. <laughs> you got that right. He's going to, yeah. And that's how them, <laughs> them Stevens dogs was. And that. it still is today. It's just, you know, uh, that the quad dog I've got, he's the fastest little dog I've ever had. He's, he has won at the Blunt County Baron Boar Club, the dash race, uh, like five of the six times I've entered him in it up there. Mm-hmm. I mean, he's really fast. And uh, I, I took him last year. I did. I knew where a bear was, had been using. And I took him last year and uh, turned him loose. And uh, that's the, as far as I know, that's the only bear that he's ever smelled. And he treated that thing. Nice. And, yeah, he, uh, he wanted to quit it at one time. And uh, I hissed him back on it. And uh, he went back in there, and the next thing you know, he started drilling. It was a hot day, and it was actually about this time of year last year. Okay. But uh, uh, I need one more dog, and I would like to – I'll probably start dabbling a little bit more back into bear hunting again. Mm-hmm. How, you know? When did you get out of bear hunting with your Stevens? Uh, about about five years ago, maybe. Okay. Yeah, after about a 20-year run of it, mm-hmm. you know. Uh, during that you know, time, I'll, during that time, ahead. the twenty years you were bear hunting, were you bear hunting and coon hunting, or just bear hunting your Stevens? Uh, I had uh, different dogs to do different ones. Okay, <laughs> you know, so you were, a lot of times we'd we'd go hunting of a night. Okay, you know, during training season, and everything. I didn't want your uh, your coon dog training a coon right there. You know, mm-hmm. so I actually, I actually, I'd always keep at least one decent coon dog. Okay, and then I I would have uh, my bear dogs that I would I just hunt straight on bear, mm-hmm. and I when I say we'd hunt straight on bear, hell we'd start running them in April, uh, as soon as they come out good out of the den, and we'd run them always up through December till they 
till they wasn't no more, you know. Gotcha. We'd run them all year, you know. That's, and uh, it's a full-time job if you really bear hunt, you know. Mm-hmm. I mean, it really is. A lot of people, you get a lot of people, you know, that just show up during kill season, you know, which we need people to come in. But you're only allowed one bear per year Yeah, here in Tennessee, you know, so. Mm-hmm. We need kill tags. We need people to come in and everything. But it seems like every Tom, Dick, and Harry during kill season wants to come, you know? <laughs> yep. I mean, it really is, you know? Mm-hmm. Which it's good. It's good for the sport and everything. But, you know, they don't see the work going on and yeah, and all the behind-the-scenes stuff that goes. and All the days that you end up uh, looking for your dog the next day and stuff <laughs> like that, you know? Yep. It's, it's really time-consuming, especially on a family man. You know, you know, uh, that, uh, that's what's holding me back. It, it's a lot of time and, uh, I don't live in bear country. So it's not like I can just run out and tree a bear in the backyard here. It's, I, I gotta, exactly. dr- I gotta drive a few hours just to get to country where you can run a bear. So, yeah, I thought it was bad having to drive 45 minutes. You know what I mean? <laughs> <laughs> So, I remember him not coming home real late, you know, mm-hmm. sleepy as I'll get out. You so, know, someday I'll have a pack of bear dogs, but it'll probably be by the time my kids are teenagers and then they can go with me and they can help me. <laughs> exactly. Hey, that's exactly what you need right there. That'll be when you I know? actually have a pack of bear dogs <laughs> until then. Yeah. Until then I have coon dogs that can, uh, that will fall in a race with and tree a bear <laughs> with my buddies. Yeah. Yeah. Well, like I said, you know, I hunted all them years. Most of the time I was hunting with, with older men, uh, 30 and 40 year older than me sometimes. So, you know, yeah. actually basically the way, what it was, I was like a dog runner. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. I'd be the one to always get hissed in to go into the roughest spot <laughs> to get the dog and stuff like that. There's one night, <clears throat> this was getting to the end of this, this last go around the hunting. And it might have been the night I made my mind up that after the end of that season, I was going to take a, a break from it. Uh, we'd turn loose, and I think it was J.C. and Glenn. It, and anyways, we turned loose. Uh, we just turned one dog a piece loose. And they had two plots, and I had that's when I had a little strut. He was young. He wasn't even two years old yet. And anyways, uh, this is before the GPS calls. Now, we all still just had the, the beep, beep stuff. Mm-hmm. So the dogs got out of hearing on us, and we knew the direction they was going, but like you said, we we drove over one end of the mountain, eliminated that, and drove over here. make a long story short, I ended up walking up to the top of, of a ridge there off the road, and uh, I could hear the dogs, and they was way back in a place called the Doubles, which uh, we didn't have permission to be in. Oh. And, uh, yeah, so we, uh, we ended up... Uh, uh, I got on the radio and I called and told them, old man, and I walked back down to the truck and then we drove around a little ways. And then we had a, it's probably a two mile walk into the, into the dog. Yeah. So we slipped around that dude's house and got by it. And then we get to the, the final climb when it's straight up the mountain to where the dogs are treeing at. So. At at that point, them old man said, "Jimmy, you go. You just shoot on up there, secure the tree, and tie the dogs." And they give me a he uh, give me a lead. I had my lead, of course. And mm-hmm. Anyways, I went up there, and as I was going into the tree, uh, I could hear hear the bear, you know, chomping its teeth, you know, snapping them, and yep. making that ooh, that blowing that 
that noise like that. Mm-hmm. So I get up there, and it's a big, humongous oak tree, and about mm, 15, 18 foot is the first big limb, and it's sitting there humped up. So I get up to the tree, and uh, I catch my dog first, and I tie him up over there by himself. And while I'm standing there uh, at the base of that tree, I'm trying to get get that, that one big old plot on lead. And uh, all of a sudden, the dog started raising came barking. About that time, I just felt air just come right by my, my ear. And I turned my head and looked. And that bear had come down head first and had swarped at me Ooh. and just barely missed me. You talk about squalling like a wildcat. <laughs> but yeah, I jumped up on the hill. I squalled. Anyways, about 20 minutes later, Jay seeing him. You know, bear fight, it goes back up the tree. JC and them get up there, and they're like, what? what? We thought you was hurt. And I said, I was just about killed, JC. That was a big bear. It's probably about a 350 pounder, too. Mm-hmm. And we left it in a tree. It was it was just training season. Mm-hmm. But uh, it was a good-sized bear, and that thing would have killed me. They'd have got up out that tree, and I'd been laying there probably with my head decapitated. Yeah. You know, I mean, That's I did. It. I mean, I, I'll never forget. I was staring eyeball to eyeball with that bear for a split millisecond you know when i turned my well i felt like i said i felt that air come by my ear mm-hmm. so i mean it was that close so after that uh the moral of that story is you better stay on your toes when you go to the tree yeah. <laughs> you know mm-hmm. i thought the bear was treed secure and humped up up there and the dogs was telling me you know it's coming down it's coming down but i just reached to get that one dog again and while i was trying to get it on the snap that's when that happened mm-hmm. That's so, crazy. I mean, <laughs> yeah, you can get in all sorts of predicaments, you know? Oh, yeah. And then they said, one time I went to the dogs and uh, I caught the dogs and uh, I was the only one. The old man was up there in the road. And uh, anyways, uh, uh, as I was pulling them away from the tree, I mean, it was steep as I'll get out. And it was, it was right at the end of like a law thicket. All of a sudden, I, I was kind of dragging the dogs away from the tree, and thought I thought they were starting to, to lead off, you know, for, for me. Mm-hmm. All of a sudden, uh, that bear jumped out of that tree, and them dogs heard it. And, buddy, I had to, uh, that old man had given me a lead. It was a, a piece of rope with uh, three dog snaps on the end of it, you know. And I bet that thing was uh, 72 inches long, so I had it wrapped around my, my wrist. And when them dogs jumped, they got me off balance because I had, seemed like I had three plots and three Stevens dogs. I was trying to lead at the same time. Mm-hmm. Down the mountain we went. I'm talking dragging me just as fast as they could go over the way that bear had went until uh, they run my right shoulder into uh, uh, one of the laurel trees that was coming up. Oof. And oh gosh, yeah, man, it it hurt me like crazy. And I, and I said, man, I'm gonna have to quit doing this. So I said, these old men, they gonna kill me. They're gonna get me killed up here. Yeah. <laughs> you know? Mm-hmm. What else you gonna yak about? I want to know a little bit more about these Stevens dogs that you had. Like, how big that were they? How how'd they hunt? Okay. Uh, all right. That that for the first two or three generations, most of them was most of the male dogs was probably between. 36 and 40 pounds. Okay. Uh, every once in a while, you got you got one just a little bit bigger, you know? 
Mm-hmm. Uh, when I say a little bit, 45 pounds, I've, I've never had one that weighed over that. Okay. Uh, uh, they've got a good nose. Uh, you know, it depends on which strain you get into. Mm-hmm. They, some, they some of them uh, that are hotter nosed, uh, like the squirrel dogs and stuff like that. Yeah. But uh, like I said, we always we always favored that rowdy line, uh, and you know it's been, gosh, I guess thirty years since that dog's even been alive. So everything's kind of bred, bred out of that. Yeah. You know, but sometimes we get an off-colored one. You know. What is an off-colored uh, one? Well, our breed standards they have to be predominantly black with some. You know, they can have white points. They can't. They can't be over like a third have more white on them than, than the black. You get what I'm saying? Yep. And then we get some off-color ones. Sometimes they'll come out uh, a buckskin color. Uh, some of them will come out, uh, they'll look like a bird dog, you know, like a Dalmatian. Okay. I've seen that. Uh, so you, you can't you can't register them gotcha. because of the breed standard. Uh, but, uh, you know, I had one once that looked like a uh, a German Shepherd except for its head. And the hair on it, and the color of it, and everything. The length of the hair. That's just some of that old stuff, you know. When they, uh, when they was coming up with them dogs, you know. Mm-hmm. At one time, at one time, the Stevens Mountain Curves was part of the uh, Mountain Curve Breeders of America. Yeah. You know, Hugh, Hugh Stevens uh, was the first vice president of the only of the uh, Mountain Curve Breeders of America Club, and mm-hmm. I think it was. Fifty six or something like that, nineteen fifty six, something like okay. that. And in 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 seventies when they broke off and become Stevens Breeders Association. Mm-hmm. So, uh, as far as the hunting characteristics and styles, you know, some of them, some of them, I know, I know some of Dale's dogs. They like to go yonder. You know what I mean? They like yep. they're going to go out and get a coon. You know, and me myself, I, you know, I hunt the mountains here, and like I said. I like the ones that uh, 300 yards and be gone 15 minutes from me. And they check back in with me. You know what I mean? That's what I like. You know, sometimes I'll catch them or go to another spot. And sometimes I just keep walking like I, I normally do. Yeah. But that's how they, that's how they hunt and everything. Mm-hmm. You know, just, uh, I guess they're a medium hunting dog. I understand. But, uh, you know, and it's like everything else, you know. That's why there's Fords and Chevrolets and <laughs> Toyotas. Not, you know, what makes you happy might not make me happy. Exactly. You know what I'm saying? And yeah. he's good and bad in all dogs. That's kind of you know? what I'm, I'm doing with these podcasts. And here lately I've been talking a lot of, like, I guess the way I should say it would be lesser known Kerr and Feist breeds and stuff like that. And You know, it's not necessarily the most mainstream stuff. So, And that way, so people have an understanding of what they are, how they hunt. And, and, you know, talking to people that have different lines of dogs. So it's like, okay, your dogs hunt like that. Well, maybe next time I'll have, you know, somebody like Dale on who's got Go Yonder Stevens, you know. So mm-hmm. that way people understand what's available within the breed. Right. There's a, like I said, they's, these dogs, can you can hunt just about any sort of tree game with them, you know. Mm-hmm. Uh, from your coon, your bear, the squirrel. Uh, you know, Don Page and them out in the... They hunt mountain lions and uh, bobcats and everything with them. Yep. You know, I mean, uh, of course, you know, I'm I'm not familiar with hunting out out west like that. Mm-hmm. You know, I don't know if it's a it takes a different kind of dog with a different kind of nose or 
You know, here in the southeast, I've been told by some people that, that was pretty big in the competition hunting and everything that here in the area where I live, it's harder to train a coon dog than just about anywhere else in the United States. Okay. Uh, due to the terrain, for one, mm-hmm. and then uh, you would you would think that the humidity being so high and everything would make the track stick around longer, but they seem to think it don't, you know. Uh, <laughs> but, you know, uh, I guess mostly it's got to do with the terrain that we've got to hunt here. Yeah. You know. You know, when I go when I go places that's flat, like when I go up to Indiana and Kentucky and places like that to hunt, you know, I'm I'm in hog heaven up there, you know, because <laughs> it's flat and you know, uh, down here, you can turn loose and you can uh, make one tree, and you're just about busted. I mean, you know, if you got to work the next day, you ready to get back to the truck and get home. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. I mean, when you totally physically exert yourself. Uh, with just about everything you've had. Mm-hmm. And I've done that many times climbing these mountains, getting to these dogs. And then you got the part of uh, getting the game out when you kill it. Mm-hmm. And you got, then that's a whole different ball game there, you know. That's where all them people that show up during kill season come in real handy. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I mean, sometimes we hook a, if we can get a truck, I mean, we've got like a, a 500 piece foot of big, thick rope that we tie on to the winch okay. of the truck yeah and we'll we'll just winch that thing inch by inch out of the mountain you know, just done mm-hmm. you know just help get it around some trees and stuff and we've done that numerous times and then you get in the sometimes uh you just get into a place where it's just so thick and rough that you can't even get a four-wheeler into it mm-hmm. uh the biggest the biggest bear that i've ever killed I'm not really sure how much it weighed. The scale that we weighed it on uh, only weighed 440 pounds, but it went an inch past that. The needle went as, went as, all the way as far as it could go and just pegged out. Mm-hmm. Uh, from the tip of its uh, feet to its uh, nose was six foot nine inches long. Oh, uh, it, was a, it was a good, for a black bear, it was a, good, it was a good big black bear. I killed it on the ground. It didn't tree. I had to... Mm-hmm. I followed it for a long time uh, on foot, you know, and uh, I finally was able to get a kill shot on it, and it it fell, it rolled off the mountain down in there. And make a long story short, uh, it was the last day of the October season, and it believe it or not, it was like ninety, it got up to ninety something degrees that day, Oof. and it took a uh, it took over four hours for him to cut and bring a four wheeler in there. Yeah. Uh, to get to it to where we could drag it over four hours to do that, and got it seemed like after we got took a couple more to get it out, mm-hmm. and it then went anyways it spoiled. Uh, I was going to have the uh, the hide tanned and everything, yeah. And uh, I took it when, well, like I said, when the taxidermist started work on it, he said it's spoiled, you know. And I didn't know the meat had spoiled on us, yeah, you know. But uh, he he told me the hair was even you know starting to fall out of the hide. That just about made me sick, you know. Oh, nice. But that was just one. Yes, yeah, so that bear, that big, big, big bear was just wasted, basically. If you would have known that, you know, you, just, it would have been easier, better off just skinning it, packing what you could out. Exactly, and getting out of there. And uh, yeah, but you know, I wanted to get it tanned and all that stuff. And mm-hmm. Anyways, it just didn't work out for me. But yeah. uh. You know, stuff like that happens, you know, and that made me sick. Now, you killed that right 
right there around home? Uh, up there in Sevier County. Okay. Up there in the, up there in the big steep mountain. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Uh, we had, uh, let's see, I had my Jabe dog. And let's see, I, I was actually hunting with Junior that day. I th- yeah, he was there. Uh, and had two or three of his Stevens dogs in on that one. Nice. Along with uh, a plot or two. Mm-hmm. I tell you, you ought to call up one of these days, old Junior Suttles. You know? Somebody uh, else told me the same thing, so. Yeah, I mean, he's, he is uh, the first one that had the Stevens dogs around here mm-hmm. uh, that I, you know, that I know of. He's still pretty sharp, yeah. you know, I mean, I'm sure. But he's, he's getting older and everything. And mm-hmm. He ain't done a lot of hunting anymore. But, Understandable. Uh, oh, yeah, I mean, he's, he's at that point, you know, and I think he's got some heart trouble. He's done had bypass and all that through the years. Mm-hmm. And, heck, I'd say he's about... Uh, what's kind of funny, he went to school with Dolly Parton. So oh. however old she is, is how old he is. Gotcha. They they graduated Spear County High School the same year. That's and cool. uh, yeah, it's kind of funny. And uh, my people, you know, I've, my people have lived here in Blunt County since the late 1700s. Oh, wow. Uh, you, you know that place you go visit when you come down to the park, uh, Cage Cove? Yeah. Okay, that's where my people's out of. Okay. Yeah. Uh, my people's been entrenched here for, like I said, all them years, mm-hmm. going on what three hundred years, I guess. They kicked you in out. County. <laughs> <laughs> well, they bought all their land, and forced them, forced them out there. And you know, uh, I'm sure there was a lot of hard feelings with them people back mm-hmm. in the day. But you know, now looking at it, it's so beautiful. Now I'm glad they did because if they did, you know, it'd be all yep. carved up like. You know, with cabins and houses and yeah. trailers and this and that, it wouldn't be what it is today. And it's the most visited park in the United States. You know, mm-hmm. I think it's uh, I think like seventy five percent of the United States population can drive to it in like ten hours. You know, that doesn't so, surprise me. So it's it's really visited mm-hmm. a lot, and that's that's really hurt our hunting. Oh, I'm sure. You know, uh, yeah. I mean, all these track of land. <laughs> Uh, that we used to hunt on now, there's these uh, rental cabins and chalets and all that stuff mm-hmm. on them. So it kind of put a damper on it. It's good for the for the outsiders that's coming in, you know, yeah. the investment firms and all that, but taking our hunting away. Uh, like tonight, I'm going coon hunting. Uh, Tennessee's coon season on private land, it actually opened up July the 1st. Okay. Uh, that's just on private land. Mm-hmm. But I do a lot of my coon hunting down on uh, the Tennessee River. There's some TVA land, and uh, I've got like three or four places I go. It's TVA land. Okay. Uh, not state, but it's got a good ro- walking road system and trail system. And uh, that's where I like to coon hunt at, mm-hmm. you know. Uh, but, uh, you know, talking about the stuff that your dogs, that the Stevens dogs can run. They can be some outstanding hog dogs. Okay. I'm telling you, they can. I mean, they're not going to be a catch dog or nothing like that. Yeah. But they could be a great strike dog and just just straight out just baying it, you know. But they're not going to catch, mm-hmm. you know. As far as bear hunting, I, I, don't, I don't want my dogs to, to go in and, and bite the bear, you know, unless it's a running away from them. I just want them to harass that thing, mm-hmm. you know, keep getting in front of it, just working it. 
and harass it to make it climb a tree. You know, I don't like paying them vet bills. <laughs> but so, so you're not one of those people that wants a super gritty dog, huh? No, I don't. I don't want a super gritty dog. I, for one, if you get that real super gritty dog, he's not going to last too long. He's not going to be super gritty too long. If you if you actually get out and you hunt him, yeah, I mean, he's going to run into his match at some point. You know, if you've ever been around a, a bear being baited up by a pack of dogs on the ground, you know, when, when a lot of times you get some dogs, they'll bump into a dog or something like that, and then that dog will turn its head and that's that's when the bear pounced on it, you know. Yep. They they know when a dog's not looking. When they see that, they'll they'll, they'll get after it. And then that one that one little bit of hesitation, you know, can cause cause you a big vet bill or kill your dog. Yep. You know. Uh, as far as hunting in the summertime and everything, uh, you got to worry about them dad burn poisonous snakes, you know. Oh yeah. I've spent a small fortune through the years. On my dog getting snake bit by copperheads, and yeah, and rattlesnakes. Uh, they get bit by rattlesnake. They're just about they're just about done. Mm-hmm. You know, what I mean, a lot of times that rot they can't stop that rot and everything. The copperhead, you know, if uh, you give them some Benadryl and, and watch them real close, uh, that swelling will go down pretty. I mean, you know, within yeah. forty eight hours anyway. But God, they'll swell up and look something terrible. I've you know? seen some pictures of dogs that looked absolutely terrible, and you would you would just think that they were goners, but they come out of they it. come out of it. Yeah, yeah. Uh, I've been hunting, and uh, dogs be tree, and there'll be a copperhead right there to base that tree, and be it ever would have to burn one of the dogs. There you go. You know, yeah. Every dog around that tree got bit that night. You know, and. Uh, Need to say your hunt's over. Of course, you, you're a tree getting them off the tree, and then you're just about nearly carrying your dog out by the time you get back to the truck with it. You know, it'd be yeah. limping or just depending on where it's bit at. You know, mm-hmm. most of the time they get bit in a, between the ankles, from the ankle up to about, I guess, where the kneecap would be on it. Okay, that's most most of the time. That's where they get bit at in that area right there. You know, and they. But uh, I did have a dog get bit one time up in the neck, Ooh. and uh, yeah, and uh, it, let's see, I think that was a dog I had called Storm. But uh, he just about didn't make it, buddy. I mean, I, yeah, he swelled up something bad. But and I hate that, you know. I get like I said, these little Stevens dogs, they they got a personality and they become your friend. Mm-hmm. And uh, I guess uh, what I'm saying is, I get too attached to my good ones. You know what I mean? Oh yeah. Yeah. I really do. Uh, I get my my old ones that's been good to me. I give them what they call full retirement. Mm-hmm. You know, I just I like my old Jabe dog. He's he's fifteen out there. Dang. Uh, he yeah, he's about at the end. I mean, I don't hunt him no more. He's on full retirement. I let him run loose a lot here at the house. And he just lays around. Uh, but when I like tonight when I go hunting, I will have to tie him up. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, because he'll he'll try to come with start- you. Yeah, he'll start trying to come with me, you know. Mm-hmm. Uh, there, when I first got Clyde, uh, I thought I'd try to, I took Jabe a few times, thinking, you know, Jabe would, uh, uh, you know, try to help him out hunting and everything. That's when Clyde was really young, and mm-hmm. he'd just start pulling up a tree, you know. I think he'd get tired, and then he'd just start barking tree. <laughs> and that's what old dogs do, you know. Yeah. The ones, not some of the ones I've been around, but. 
some of the people, you know, they, they get into selling their dogs and all that stuff. I'll sell puppies and stuff like that. And I've sold a few, a couple of, of uh, young started dogs through the years. Mm-hmm. But as far as selling, I just, I, I basically just raise them for myself. You yep. know what I mean? Yep. And uh, I'm on a, uh, I've got a little female. She's actually in heat right now. She's back in the lock in the lockdown pen. Next spring, I'm going to breed her. Okay. And that's it'll be the first litter of puppies I've uh, had in about oh uh, six or seven years, maybe. Oh wow! Yeah. So uh, things are looking up. That's good. <laughs> yeah, things are looking up. I, uh, hopefully, I'll have a the next generation coming on, you know? Mm-hmm. Now's your female but sheep coon dog? She's young. Okay. She, uh, yeah, uh, she ain't what you call a coon dog. She's a, she's a wannabe. I mean, <laughs> some nights she'll do, some nights she does good and then some nights uh, not so good, you know? Okay. She's not two yet. Okay. This will be her, this will be her second. This will be the file that makes or breaks her. Yeah. I'm looking forward to that, you know? No, yeah. I know exactly what you mean. But, uh, but anyways, listen, uh, I'm fixing to go hunting out here. Uh, is there anything else you want to touch base on? Like, Hope I've answered some questions for you. Yeah, no, I, I uh, like I said, I like the old stories and uh, that's pretty cool about the story when you, when you were five. <laughs> yeah. I mean, that's, that's a true story. That is a true. He, my dad picked me up and he shook me and, uh, then he put, then he was a daddy, you know, he took his hand, put it by my head and pulled it to him. You know, he said, son, I'll be back. I love you. I'll be back. Mm-hmm. Just trust me. Well, you know? it, it's just funny. I have a five-year-old right now. So like, as you're telling that story, I'm like, imagining my son. <laughs> I'm like, yeah, there is no way I'm leaving my kid on the side of a mountain. He would not sit there. <laughs> he would be freaking out. Yeah. Well, you know, I was, I was kind of, I was raised in the mountains and everything, you know, mm-hmm. so we lived on a, the first part of my life, we lived up in towns and off of what they called Little Mountain, just right on the side of the mountain. That was Daddy's old home place and everything where uh-huh. Papa lived and all that. And uh, I was always, you know, when I was real little, I uh, I can't remember this, but uh, when I was like three, I took off through the woods and was gone all day. They they ended up getting the police uh, and fire department up there searching for me. Holy smokes. And I just, I just went up on the mountain just walking around <laughs> and then, uh, just doing whatever a three-year-old does. And, I mean, I wasn't crying or wasn't lost or nothing like that. I actually went up. We had a spring box on the where we got our water at. We we had a, a pipe that probably went 500 foot to the house that, you know, filled up the holding tank. Mm-hmm. And Daddy would take me up there with him when he'd go clean it out. Sometimes they'd get some leaves in it or something like that. And mm-hmm. he'd just take me with him. And that's where I I, I went to that day. Okay. And I was gone several hours, and uh, uh, boy, I'll tell you what they they got they was happy to see me, buddy. I got scolded for that. I <laughs> I can barely remember that, you know. But it's just just the way I was brought up, yep. you know. But anyways, listen, my my hunting buddy just showed up, and uh, I'm gonna call her these dogs up, and I might send you a fresh video tonight. Sounds good. <laughs> I don't know. All right, see. Good luck. You can find me on Facebook and Instagram at Tree Talking Media, and until next time, keep them talking in the timber.